Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle, and you know us. We're that HR analytics dashboard helping all of you HR and people leaders get rid of that manual, tedious, and time-consuming process you call HR reporting. That's right. We know you're logging into a bunch of different HR systems, pulling all this data together about your employees to get a data-driven view of your workforce. But you're always thinking there has to be a better way. Well, there is. Look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, your very own HR analytics dashboard that has all of these pre-built integrations to all the most popular HR systems out there. You can simply connect your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, rewards and recognition system, all these different Different systems with all this data into one place so you can view, share, track, and analyze it all for one view. Check out EmployeeCycle.com. We would love to give you a demo to talk about how we can partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Brad Goldor. He's the Chief People Officer at Phenom. And today we're going to discuss why companies need to be transparent around how employees grow. Brad. Welcome to the podcast. Woo! Welcome! <laughs> Thank you for having me. Great welcome. Appreciate it. Great. And Brad, we met a few years ago, so it's so awesome to reconnect on the podcast. So happy to be chatting with you today. Absolutely. So Brad, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Sure. Great question. Um, so interestingly enough, I came through a sales background most of my career. Uh, and then at a point as our company was growing and scaling and we needed uh, somebody to take over HR, uh, I, you know, I realized the similarities in uh, selling. And now I just changed from selling a product to selling roles, the company, the culture and everything that's great about uh, you know our particular company. And so I made the transition from sales to HR and just changed what I was selling, basically. And as one of the co-founders of the company, you can imagine, my passion is there to be able to do that. Awesome. And give me a little info about Phenom so that the audience knows what kind of work your company is doing. Sure. Phenom is a uh, global HR tech company that empowers the four experiences of the talent stakeholders in the process. And so for us, that is the recruiter, the employee, the manager, and the job seeker, the candidate. And so uh, our technology empowers those experiences for uh, the respective stakeholders in the talent process. Awesome. So today we're talking about why companies need to be transparent around how employees grow. And I think this is such an interesting and nuanced topic because there's so many areas to talk about. So, Brad, I first want to ask you, what do you think companies are doing wrong in regards to providing transparency around the employee experience and also the employee journey? Uh, great question. So I think the uh, the communication is really the you know and the structure on if I'm a new employee at a company, you know what is my potential career path look like here, and being able to display that in some sort of software tool or uh, effectively communicate it, educate people on you know what is the what are the characteristics of a good leader at this company, and so I think it's getting that uh, that communication out and that transparency. These are the 
behaviors you need to exhibit, the values you need to have, uh, you know, you're tied to the mission and, and being very clear on what makes a leader in your company and what those characteristics are so that people are very crystal clear on these are the behaviors I need to exhibit. And this is what a career path or journey could look like, depending on what uh, role or department that I want to pursue. Now, when I think of creating a crystal clear career path for employees, I think about it in a few ways. Letting employees know the skills that they need, letting employees know the type of education requirements they may need. I don't even know if that's a thing now, but I know a lot of companies may require an MBA or different certifications. But then also letting employees know the level of experience that they need or the amount of time that they need to spend in their existing role. So are there other areas that you should be considering to let employees know that they should have or what they need in order to get promoted or move up? Or do you think that pretty much covers it? No, absolutely. I think there's uh, behaviors. I think, you know, skills, activities, those things are, are much more black and white and clear. But I think it's a certain behavior and uh, strategic thinking. I think thinking has gotten lost in, uh, you know, the, the digital age that we're in. And so, uh, you know, I think that uh, having that clarity would really help. So that's interesting. Give me some more context about that. When you say thinking, what does that mean exactly? Because I'm sure there are HR leaders thinking, what is that? I mean, we yeah, all think. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, all yeah. need to turn on our brains to do our work. But now here Brad is saying that we need to tell our employees that they need to focus on thinking. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So, you know, real focused thinking time, right? It's actual, you know, uh, quiet time, really focused and actually thinking. There are certain employees, you know, our company has scaled to, we're almost uh, 1,300 employees globally. And so, uh, a an example of the behavior that we're looking for is somebody who's thinking, all right, how are we going to be able to do this when we're 3,000 and 5,000 and 7,000 people? And so it's that type of strategic thinking that where you're looking ahead, uh, you know, future forecasting for workforce planning, as opposed to just hiring the person you're going to need this month or quarter. And it's really that forward thinking. When I say thinking specifically, it's that, you know, being able to look ahead and anticipate and proactively start doing things in anticipation of that scale so that you're, uh, you know, again, that forward thinking as opposed to it's really going from tactical to strategic. And that's a very difficult thing. And I think it's underestimated, right? Because everybody's just so busy doing in their day-to-day -day activities that that strategic thinking time, I think, gets lost in the busyness. And so that's what I mean when I say critical and forward thinking. So I want to focus this context around the individual contributor role, because if you've already moved up at any scale, you at least have to be at some level of strategy and strategy and strategic thinking. But if you're at the individual contributor role, a lot of the time, it is about doing the work that's being handed down through multiple layers of hierarchy and really reporting to your manager saying, I've done this work. Now, what do I do next? So is it on the employee to be thinking about how they can be strategic around a lot of tactical tasks that they've been given to do? Or is it more about their supervisor, manager, whoever they report to? to really encourage and empower this person to be more strategic? And if the employee doesn't even know what that looked like, to also educate them on what does strategic thinking look like? Mm -hmm. Great question. So I think it's a dual responsibility there, right? The, I think the individual contributor needs to show some curiosity 
and and ask questions. And I, then I think it's up to the manager to then guide them and lead them to the appropriate resources or paths that they need to go and gather additional information. And at the individual contributor level, something that I've observed, you know, the the forward thinking people, not only do they do the job and get good at and master the job, but they're then thinking about how can I onboard the next person or I didn't have this in the process and it would have been really helpful and they'll create a document or a resource that will be helpful for the next person. And it's that type of thinking instead of, okay, I've completed my task. I got my certification. Now I need to move on to my next task. Somebody who can reflect on that process and find improvement in it and then implement that improvement. That's the type of thinking and curiosity that we're trying to nurture. As we focus on the responsibility of the company to help the employee grow into this strategic thinker, where do you see the lines between HR creating this company-wide program or leadership training or whatever you want to call it for companies to better help their employees with this strategic thinking versus individual managers helping their respective teams? Mm -hmm. So I think HR's role is to empower those managers and give those managers the resources that they can then pass along to their team members. And so, uh, you know, I think it's HR's job to, again, bring the resources and create the environment where this can happen. But really, I see our job as empowering those managers so that they can then build that trust and that relationship with their team members to nurture them along and help bring them along whatever career path they decide to pursue. To create an actionable plan and framework for our audience, what does that look like in practice for an HR or people team to empower their managers to empower their individual contributors? Sure. Um, so we use software tools. Uh, you know, Lattice is something we've recently implemented for performance management. And so, uh, you know, you making sure that we have these tools set up so that, uh, you know, and, and we even use our own tool, uh, the Vietnam TXM platform. Uh, if you want to go in and look at your career journey, if, uh, you know, I'm in accounting, but I want to get into sales, we're going to show you what that path looks like, the skills that are needed to, you know, people who are in that role that you can talk to about it. And so providing and setting things up like that so that those managers can then implement them with their team. Those are some of the resources that we provide. Again, so the manager can then empower the, uh, the individual team member. So you've been at Phenom from the start as one of the co-founders, helping your company grow to to be a very successful company and acquiring other companies and really building this thing and seeing this rocket ship go from zero to where you are now. And I'm sure that you've had to make some difficult decisions around who can scale with the business versus who can't. And this is always a conversation. As you're going through these different levels of scale, are there people that can really stretch themselves to meet the requirements and expectations of the next level of the business? And do they even want to? Because there's a lot of people that only want to work at certain levels of companies, whether it's very early stage or they only feel comfortable taking the job when you've almost went public and that you're very comfortable and stable. So how do you think about giving people the opportunity to be strategic and grow? but then also realizing whether or not that person, the reality that the person actually can't scale. How do you go about thinking about that? Yep. Great question. And quite honestly, uh, one of the biggest problems and challenges with scaling at the, especially at the pace that we are. And so, um, you know, there's a, I think it's Marshall Goldsmith wrote a, a book, you know, the people who got us here 
are different than the people that are going to get us there. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, this is very, very challenging. You've got people that have been working with us for years that have been loyal and just can't scale and escalate and grow to that next level. And unfortunately, those people wind up leaving or, uh, you know, we part ways. Uh, but some can break through that and scale up, you know, and those are the ones that are the people that are going to get us to that next level. And it's extremely challenging quite to be totally transparent about it. Uh, but at the same time, implementing some of the tools that I was just referring to earlier has definitely helped that process and getting crystal clear, as I was talking about in the beginning, on what you need to do to be successful at this company. What are those skills, activities, most importantly, behaviors that you need to exhibit, right? And, you know, who are our leaders in the company that I can emulate for that behavior and look look at for uh, role models on how I need to behave and survive here or thrive here at our company? And so, um, again, it, it's a very difficult challenge, but I think the culture that we set up and the environment allows people that really want that opportunity to break through, they definitely can because we've seen it happen. While to your point earlier, some people just like that 500 person company and they're comfortable, you know, with the with that size and stage. Whereas the people who really want to grow and, and stretch and you know uh, and, and evolve with the company wind up, you know, uh, bubbling to the top and doing so. And so there's a you know the radical candor book. Uh, you know, they talk about superstars and rock stars and you need both. Right. So I think it's people getting comfortable with what they want from, you know, from the experience and then us creating HR, creating that environment and then the managers creating the actual execution on, on that path. As you're creating this career path and then you're sharing it with your employees, when is the appropriate time to really sit down with your employee and go over how they can grow, what are the different paths, and how they can actually scale with the company. Is this at the very beginning, as soon as they're hired, or you're saying, now, hey, just started the job. Now, here's a path for how you can become X, Y, and Z enrolled, or is it after a year check-in? Is it once you see that this person exhibits certain skills and traits and hunger and desire for growing in the company? When do you do this? Uh, so I definitely early on, and uh, I personally check in on it monthly. Uh, you know, I have weekly one-on-ones, but then check in on the career path monthly just to get a sense of, you know, what do you, and sometimes it's just a check-in, yep, it's the same that we talked about, or oh, I've been thinking more about this or that, you know, it might, so I think it's from the beginning to answer your question, and, and it should be checked in regularly because, you know, everybody wants to evolve and grow, you know, in their uh, in their lives in general, right? And so, um, or, you know, as we as we alluded to, some people might be happy in the role and they're uh, you know, content with where they are. Maybe they just want to become a senior, you know, uh, individual contributor or, you know, whatever that path is, we want to nurture them along accordingly. Talk to me about this senior individual contributor role, because that seems to be something that a lot of companies are moving to, whether it's called senior individual contributor, or they just stick with their same title, but they become a mission critical person in the company. What is that and how does that work? Because it, it seems to be a difficult a difficult idea or concept for a lot of people to wrap their heads around that you can have someone that stays with you, continues to gain more influence and autonomy in their role, yet they don't actually move up in title, but they still move up in regards to compensation. What does that look like? Sure. So that's uh, in our company, the that's somebody who has mastered the role so well. And so uh, a good example, we have uh, SDR, sales development reps, that do our initial 
outreach and lead generation. So you come in as a, you know, as an SDR, you get so good at that role and you get promoted to a senior SDR. And so in that role, you're going to be calling on bigger companies, higher level contacts, uh, right? You know, you're going to, you know, move up in your responsibility as far as the people and companies that you're targeting. So in that venue, you're going from an SDR to a senior SDR. And so that's one example of a path that you can take. And so uh, you are gaining more influence and, and more responsibility and more impact on the company, but you're still in the individual contributor role. And so showing them that path, uh, you know, and then if they from there, if they want to become a team lead or an SDR manager, maybe they want to go into enterprise sales, whichever direction they decide from there, we can nurture them along that path. Again, whether it's an individual contributor role going into enterprise sales or managing a team of SDRs at that point, whichever direction they want to go. So we want to create career paths for uh, people's different desires, whether that could be a senior individual contributor role or if you want to get into management and managing a team. As a fellow founder of an HR tech company, I'm sure you will agree that sometimes HR can struggle to get budget for the things that they need. And they're constantly pushing towards showing ROI and showing why their efforts will really drive better business outcomes. And so on the podcast, every time we tell HR leaders that they should do something, we always try to tell them what are the cons of not doing it. Or what will happen to your business if you don't do this? And so I want to ask you, if companies are not being transparent with their employees in regards to how they can grow, what are some of the things that they might experience that might negatively impact their business? Sure. So for one thing, especially in the current job market, they're going to leave, right? You're going to, you're going to definitely have a, an increase in turnover if you can't show people a path or, uh, you know, ways to grow or increase their skills, knowledge, behaviors. Uh, you know, if you're not nurturing them along, they're, they're just going to leave and you're going to have a high, uh, turnover rate as a result of it. And, um, it's going to hurt your employment brand out there. That word gets out, right? People talk on Glassdoor and other uh, on other sites, and so um, you know it's going to be a uh, a huge blocker to scale and growth, um, and and really increase your turnover rate, which are uh, you know is one of, in my opinion, one of the biggest uh, negative factors that that can impact uh, you know a company. So uh, the the high turnover rate is the direct impact of not doing this, but as well as slowing or even stopping your ability to evolve and scale as a company. Pretty interesting. So Brad, my last question and one of my favorite questions that I like to ask our guest is, what would you have wished that I have asked you on this podcast? Or when you're when you've been on other podcasts, what's the one question that you wish that they would have asked, or you're thinking, I wish Bruce would have asked this because I really want to talk about this. What is that? <laughs> uh, what keeps you up at night is always a good question that I get. And so uh, that's always a fun one. Okay. So then what keeps you up at night? <laughs> Absolutely. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, you know, exactly, exactly what we're talking about this topic, right? Our, um, I'm concerned with, my, you know, I, my job is to create this environment where all of these things that we're talking about can happen. And so uh, what keeps me up at night is making sure, are we doing anything and everything possible to create that environment? And again, at the pace and size and scale that we're going at, it's extremely difficult to keep up with. And I'm, so what keeps me up at night is making sure that we are um, obsessed with creating that environment and, and agility 
and, and that transparency and communication I was referring to so that people can have the employee experience that, uh, that I've been talking about on the podcast here. Brad, thank you for being such an awesome, authentic, and in line with the topic, transparent podcast guest, really shedding your light on the wisdom and experience that you have in regards to this topic. And thank you so much for being on our podcast to help uplift the HR community. So thank you, Brad. (laughs) And thank you for all your, thank you for all you're doing on the podcast. We appreciate you getting the word out there. This is great. Thanks. Thanks. So where can people find you and Phenom online? Sure. Phenom.com. P-H-E-N-O-M.com. You can find us or I am on LinkedIn. Please reach out. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all of that contact info in the show notes. So if you enjoyed this episode as much as Brad and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if this is your very first podcast interview of ours you're listening to, and you either came here because you're already a huge super fan of Brad and you just had to hear what he was going to say, or you thought this topic was compelling, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.